You know, and again, sometimes you know, this, this particular group of people, you know, you're the Thursday night people and, and those even that, that, are, that, are, that are watching by live stream. Thursday night crew, the chosen ones. You know, God loves you. The devil doesn't, but God does. And God is bigger than the devil. And I know you know this too, but there is nothing, absolutely nothing, our God cannot do, except for lie. He can't lie, and he doesn't kill. But he is the God of the impossible. He is the God of the improbable. He is the God of the unlikely. You know, whoever thought, well, in the natural, it's not possible to walk on water. It's not possible to walk on dry land in the midst of a flood stage sea. It's not possible to walk to step outside the boat and to stand on boisterous waves. But our God can do it. It's not possible in the natural to raise the dead back to life again. But it's possible with God. It's not possible to heal the unhealable. But it's possible with God. You know something else? God's not mad at you. He's not even disappointed with you. That's right. I spent most of my life, and again, some of, the, some of this is repetitive, but it, it's part of who I am. It's part of my story. It's part of my testimony. I spent a good chunk of my life trying to earn or try to perform to get. You know what? That doesn't work with God. The more you try, the less effective it becomes because you're relying on the wrong source. Now, again, I say that you, it's, you know, me I'm referring to. It's me. I can't do it, right? But, but neither can you. You know, we need to rely on him. And we're going to hear about more about that in a minute, Lord willing. He wants to see you well. Now, I could be the only one in the room, but I doubt it. That is dealing with stuff. There, there is stuff, and there's another word I'd like to use, but there is stuff that is going on, right? In and around circumstances, but also in the body, right? And there are struggles. But my God is able. And you know what? His purpose and his desire and his delight is for us to be well. For us not to be struggling. So he wants to see you well. He wants to see you doing well. He wants to see you succeeding. So one might think in a moment of weakness, well, Jesus, <laughs> what are you waiting for? <laughs> I'm ready. Well, <laughs> Jesus isn't waiting for us to be spiritually mature. He's not waiting for us in some ways and in other ways he is to be totally desperate to rely only on him. I mean, ultimately, 
that's the place we should be, is where we're not relying on anyone but him or anything but him. But we don't have to conjure up some kind of desperation. I'm so desperate. You know, like he knows we're pretty desperate. He's not waiting for us to attain some level of holiness or the epitome of righteousness. Because guess what? We can't. The scripture says that, that our righteousness is as filthy rags. I can never be holy enough to be holy. Now, that's not to say that I can't strive for it or attain to it, but if I'm trying to be holy to receive from God, then then I got it reversed. The more I receive from God, the holier I will want to be, the holier I will become. But there's a couple of things that we need to do. You know, it's not a matter of, you know, coming to a level of spiritual awareness other than the fact that when you realize that you are in need, you then recognize that there is a need that needs filling. All the time you think you're okay, you're not looking for a solution. It's pretty safe to say when we listen to the news or or anything that's going on around us, whether it's our peers, whether it's our neighbors, that we're not okay. As a society, we are not okay. As a church, we might be better, but we're still not okay. I mean, is it to a point where I'd have to ask, is there any weak or seek among you? It would probably be easier on a lot fewer hands if I said, is there anybody not sick or not dealing with something? And, And we have been so programmed to think that if we're dealing with any kind of that stuff, that we're doing something wrong. Now, I can stand here and tell you I do not have all the answers. I don't even have all the answers I want. Because I would love to know why we are dealing with stuff. When God's purpose is that we all be well, that we prosper and be in health as our soul prospers. Well, if you're here tonight or within the sound of my voice, you're looking out for your spiritual health. You're, you're here. You're here to glean, to feed on God's Word, and to hopefully feast on the message of the Spirit that speaks through me, not me, the message that speaks through me. <laughs> I said this to Annette. What I'm about to share, if you would ask me, what is it, 19 years ago when we started coming to this church, right, almost 20, right? If you would ask me if I would ever preach the message I'm about to speak on or the subject that I'm about to speak on, it would not have been on the radar at all. See, it's not about, it's, it's not about our education, It's not about our degree or level of revelation. It's not about how well we can quote Scripture. All those are a part of the whole, but they're not it. The primary thing, and this would be the this would be the 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 subject if I the title if I had to be one, is what is Jesus looking for? What is our heavenly Father looking for? 
We're going to bounce around a little bit. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Let's, let's get into some word before we go on. So, praise the Lord. Hebrews 11.1. 1. I, would, I would venture to say that probably, you know, most of you could probably quote the Scripture without having to look it up, but we're going to put it up. Two very pivotal scriptures. So we'll start with the first one, Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So one of the keys that we'll draw upon right now, right, is, is the evidence of things not seen. Because if you can see it, you don't need evidence of it. Right? This is here. It being here is the evidence. I don't need faith to know that it's here. It just is. All right, let's go to Hebrews, uh, back, back a couple of uh, verses here. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. We're going to go back to Hebrews 11 and verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So if I was to ask for a show of hands, and I'm not going to, but if I was to ask for a show of hands, I think there's everybody here that would say that God is able to heal. Let me, let me back up one step further. That God is able to forgive. Right? And God is able to save. So God is able to heal. And God is able to provide. Now, there are people that are not saved. There are people that are not forgiven. It's not God that has not saved. It's not God that has not forgiven. You can offer forgiveness, but somebody can't receive forgiveness until they ask for it. Like, I can forgive. If somebody has wronged me or offended me or I have become embittered because of something I perceived, right, which may not have intended to be an offense in the first place, but if it happened, I can, in my heart, say, I forgive them. And that's good for me but it's not the full picture, right? If there was some kind of verbal or heated exchange between two people and both parties turned and walked away and never spoke again, they each know that there's a problem with the other, right? There's no forgiveness there. They could each individually forgive that person, but unless... They know, or, you know, I ask Pastor Paul, will you forgive me? 
if Pastor Paul says no, well, I asked, right? If he says yes, and I know that I'm forgiven, and we begin the road to recovery and the road to building a relationship. A lot of our society goes around even, you know, you may even watch this at some point, so be careful what I say. But, you know, my, my current manager will often say, well, I know, where I, be, I know where I'm going. My ticket's already stamped. I said, there's always time to change, right? All it takes is a change of heart, a change of mind, and asking to be changed, asking to be forgiven. See, if we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God, our efforts and achievements mean nothing. For somebody that's performance-oriented, that is a mouthful. Our efforts and achievements mean nothing. Paul even says that I count it all as dung. All the stuff, you read his resume, all the stuff that he went through, all the teaching and all the training that he went through. The years of scholastic study. I mean, he would probably be able to quote the entire Old Testament, not just what every Jewish person can do at their bar mitzvah, which is quote the first, is it the five books? (laughs) I'd be hard-pressed to do that, I can tell you. (laughs) I'm glad we don't have to do that to be saved. See, if we could attain salvation, if we could attain forgiveness, if we could attain health, and again, don't go off in the other ditch. That doesn't mean that we have to ignore our diet. doesn't mean that we don't exercise. It doesn't mean that we're not mindful of our behavior. But if it's not us that can attain it, right, then it's not our work. Our work is to receive it. Now, you cannot receive something that's not given. That would be called stealing. We don't have to steal. The price has been paid. The gift has been given to us. But just like... I'm not going to pick that up. It's too heavy. But just like this, if I don't grab it, and I've shown this and I've taught this before, but if I don't grab it and take hold of it, I don't receive it. The gift was bought, the gift was paid for, the gift was delivered. But if I don't receive it, it does me no good. So what was Jesus looking for? If Jesus can meet all our needs... Why do we have needs that are not met? If our Heavenly Father can heal and deliver us, why are there people sick? Why is disease running rampant? Maybe not as rampant in the church as it is elsewhere, but there's still stuff people are dealing with. Whether it's heart issues, whether it's blood issues, whether it's kidney issues, whether it's breathing issues, whether it's allergy issues, whether it's the dirty C word... People are dealing with stuff. Depression, anxiety. Really? Yeah, really. 
And, and some people are doing their utmost to try to not have to deal with it. They're doing what they can. They're following the medical directions. They're following the counsel of the counselors or the psychiatrists, and they're taking the litany of pharmaceuticals that are required. Why? Well, because we're trying to get better. And we have faith that, that God is able to use whatever mechanism, you know, where is our faith? But we'll get into some examples here in a minute. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> when, when Jesus healed, it wasn't because of the virtue of that person or that individual that he healed. The only virtue that he recognized at all is their faith. According to your faith, or I've never seen such great faith. Consequently, or conversely, he also recognized the absolute opposite. Oh, ye of little faith. Why have you no faith? He could do no good work in his hometown except for to heal a few people. Well, that sounds like a good work to me, but obviously not to the same level of manifestation that he did to the hordes that came around where they were all healed and all delivered. And was it because they were particularly righteous or particularly spiritual or particularly holy? The lady with the issue of blood, according to the law, wasn't even allowed to approach the Lord. They wasn't even supposed to be in public. So it obviously wasn't her ability to follow the law or the keeping of the law. What is he looking at? So how do we get faith? If we know that God can, and we ask ourselves, well, why hasn't he? The, the, the only thing that keeps rising up in me is how much trust in God is there? It's like, well, I know you can heal people, but you're probably not ready to heal me, or I'm not ready to have you heal me. Why? Because I'm not worthy, or I'm not good enough, or I'm not strong enough, or I'm too fat, or I'm too skinny, or I'm too tall, or too short. I'm too weak. My faith isn't strong enough. Well, how do you get faith anyway? Romans 10, 17 gives us the answer to that. Let's bring that up. Romans 10, 17 is there already. Thank you. Now. So then faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Well, it sounds like a mouthful of, you know, stuff, but what does it really mean? Let's look at that same in the New Living. So faith comes from hearing, that is hearing the good news about Christ. So what is the good news? The good news that he is an all-powerful God. He is able and willing. And willing. I hate to break it to you, but you are not some unique special case for which God needs additional assistance in order to make it work. 
Fingers pointing back at me too, by the way. Not, not pointing outwards. Right? This is for all of us. We are not so special that what he did wasn't good enough. If, it was, if we were able to do it, he wouldn't have had to die. He wouldn't have had to, be, he wouldn't have had to endure the scourging for which shedding of blood we receive our healing. He wouldn't have had to endure the crucifixion on the cross but without which we are still subject to the curse of the law. But he redeemed us from the curse of the law because he was crucified on a cross for us so that we don't have to be subject to the curse. Well, if we're dealing with lack, that's part of the curse. If we're dealing with a sniffle, it's part of the curse. If we're dealing with an itch, it's a curse. If we're dealing with cancer, it's a curse. If we're dealing with depression, it's a curse. He's redeemed us from that. He does not want to see us suffer. So I can say with absolute certainty that is not his best for you, and he is not the one bringing it on you. And it is not, well, you just need to, you just need to endure a little bit longer just so that you can appreciate the healing. Or just so that when you finally get healed, those around you will be able to see the glory of God. Well, they could see the glory of God if I was healed right now, right here in this room. Because when I show up for work tomorrow totally healed, there are people that are going to know about it. Because number one, I won't be able to stop talking about it, right? But they'll also see a difference. And it could be a difference in you. And even while I'm speaking the word, because it's his word that I'm speaking, not my opinion, right? This is the truth. And the reason why you're all here is so that you can build up your faith. Because faith comes by hearing the word. The gospel, the good news. Well, what's the good news? What we've been taught here is that you don't have to be broke, sick, dependent on society, yes. dependent on the doctor, right. dependent on EI or UI or whatever it is. Also, our source is not our employer. Again, another tough one for a performance-oriented individual who figures that the harder you work, the more you'll be rewarded. Well, I've got over 30 years of experience to tell you that doesn't always work. You can work hard. And you know what happens? Sometimes they realize that, hey, you're a hard worker. He'll work even harder if we push him. And because you want to do everything heartily is unto the Lord, guess what? I will. And eventually you get to a point where it's like the body has run and the mind has run and it says, hey, John, whoa, put on the brakes, brother. And if I don't, it will. And we're all there in one degree or another, somewhere along the road. Some of you haven't got anywhere close. Some of you have been through it. You're on your third or fourth lap. <laughs> See, we need, to trust, we need to trust God. I mean, how, how, how hard is it? Well, 
We're, we're used to the tangible, right? We're used to the, the touchy-feely stuff. We're used to the, you know, I can touch it, I can feel it, I can move it, I can bend it, I can hold it, I can cut it, you know, I can lift it, I can push it, I can drive it. We're used to the tangible. We're, we're, we're not used to the, this higher plane of existence that is the spiritual realm. And we're so bogged down in the natural that we haven't yet learned. It's like learning, you know, when you're a baby, right, you, you, you learn things by experience. But we learn everything in the physical realm. Well, we have the same learning to do in the spiritual realm. We're starting to touch in places where we haven't touched before. And we're going to touch in places even higher, even greater. The presence in greater manifestation. It's happened in the past. God is no respecter of persons. So if it's happened before to people, it will happen again. See, I want to declare that, that right now, right now, faith is. Right now is our moment of breakthrough. We are at the time of celebration. You know, and I I think of this as I go through it, because I mean, you know, hey, you know, I, I work for 11 too. You know, I work for a bunch of people, and there's a bunch of stuff that happens, and there's a bunch of stuff that goes wrong all the time. Right? But it's, it's how do we deal with that? You know, and and I think of the I think of the, the song Pastor Carlo used to sing. You know, there's only two times to praise the Lord: right. <laughs> is when you feel like it and when you don't. Yeah. So if you don't, guess what time it is? It's time. it's time to praise the Lord. And if you got the victory, what time is it? It's time to praise the Lord. Say, hey, you know what time it is? It's time to praise. It's time to, praise. It's time to celebrate. Yeah. And what are we celebrating? Like when we, when we were up here tonight, just before I started speaking, you know, I, I was I was talking about you know the attitude of of or or the atmosphere of love and adoration, right? It's the child, right? In most families, right, never has to think about you know what they're going to eat or when they need to be changed. Or what's going to happen tomorrow, right? Those things are looked after the one. Don't you think that if we're like that in the natural, that our God is like that for us? He loves us so much that he wants only the best for us. He doesn't want to see us hurt. He doesn't want to see us struggle. He, when, when we fall down, he will be there to help us up. Amen. And to wrap his arms around us and to give it that, us that proverbial, you know, kiss on the boo-boo. I mean, we all did it. At least I did. <laughs> See, we can't boast. If, if we look at um, uh, Romans, uh, hmm. did I do Romans 3.22? I don't think I did, did I? <laughs> you did? <laughs> Romans 3.22, New Living, please. 
See, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone. Say that with me. Everyone who believes. No matter who we are. No matter what our background is. If down a couple of verses down to uh, uh, chapter 3, verse 27. Can we boast then that we have done anything to be acceptable by God? Mm-mm. No, because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law. It is based on faith. So we are made right with God through faith and not by obeying law. So it's not the Ten Commandments. It's not following the 10 steps to this and the 14 steps to that and the ABCs of Christianity and the, you know, and don't get me wrong, I'm not dissing all that and I'm not throwing it all out. We don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. We just dump the water and dry off the baby. You know, every chicken has bones. Don't chew on the bones. Galatians 3.11 says, again, New Living, So it is clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. For the scripture says, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. So our faith is in God. Our faith is in what he has provided for us. What Jesus has done and accomplished for us. Now, take your finger, right? and point here. Not at me. Put it towards you. Oops. Sorry. Did I do that? (laughs) Hooked on the collar. See, when I talk about if we were healed, right, this moment, if we were to see a miracle this moment, lives would be changed. Not just the person to whom received the miracle. And I'm not ashamed, let's, let's go there too, because Paul said this as well, Romans uh, chapter 1, verse 16. New living, yeah, thank you. For I'm not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes. Not most, right? But everyone who what? Okay. So you're in this room, I think you believe, yes? So you qualify, you're one of them, right? We're one of them. The Jew first and also the Gentile. The good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As Scripture said, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. I don't know how I went through Bible school not realizing that faith was pivotal. But I was taught that those that taught faith were nigh on to the Antichrist. We're cult. But we've just read Scripture here. It says, without faith... It's impossible. People, you know, of different religions will often say, of what faith are you? Well, you're 
faith is in something. If you're an atheist, you have faith in nothing because you don't believe in God. You don't believe in a supreme being. You have faith in nothing. I don't know how you pull that off. That takes more faith, I think, than, than what we deal with. We have, it's like going to Halifax. You can't tell me Halifax doesn't exist. I have been there. You can't tell me the ground's not wet outside, because I know it is. My feet sunk into it when I got out of the car. So I know that God is real. I have felt him. See, and I got tons of scripture that we're not going through. Right? Again, you know, it talks in Matthew when when the, the tumultuous seas were happening. Now, these is a group, this is a group primarily of fishermen. These are guys that are around the shore. With the exception of a tax collector, right? For sure that I know of that wasn't a fisherman. Other than that, these guys are familiar with water. Right? And they got so excited and scared about the storm, they were convinced they were going to die. And Jesus is asleep in the back of the boat. Of course, we know the story. He calms the storm, and it says, Oh, ye of little faith. What manner of man is this, that he can calm the storm, the wind and the waves obey? That's the kind of creative power our God is. Of course, if you've been doing the daily reading with us, you know, we've been reading about what, what the Egyptians and the Hebrews are dealing with as they're dealing with the hard-hearted Pharaoh, right, and the plagues. Well, you know, up until about the halfway mark, the Hebrews got it too. Everything that happened to the Egyptians happened to the Hebrews too. It's not until the flies, right, that there was a separation, that he made, that God made a distinction between people, between his people and the Egyptians. But they had to deal with the frogs. They had to deal with the bloody water and the stench, all the dead fish. Meanwhile, they're still having to build bricks and find their own stuff to do it. God, what are you doing? You know what? It wasn't a surprise to him either. He pre-told this was going to happen. And we're not talking like 10 years or, you know, four years or 40 years. 400 years, four generations. I digress. I had fun putting this together. <laughs> Let's take a different tack for a minute, and we'll wrap it up here shortly. Great faith. We read a scripture about great faith. Uh, which one? There's so many I could choose. Um, 
I'm going to do, I, I can't do just one. I'm going to start with Luke, and this is King James. Luke chapter 7. Luke, I am your father. He is. <laughs> Verses 8, 9, and 10. It says, and of course we're talking about the centurion, right? Just to put it in context, we don't have time to read the whole thing. So, For I also am a man set under authority, having soldiers, or having under me soldiers. And I say unto one, go, and he goeth. And to another, come, and he cometh. And to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him, and turned him about, and said unto the people that followed him, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. And they that were sent, returning to the house, found the servant whole that had been sick. He had asked, of course, you don't, I'm not worthy to have you come into my house. Just say the word. Just say the word. Well, if we were to put on that for a minute, we can say, just say the word. Just say the word and it shall be done. Jesus has said the word, and it has been done. I am a man under authority. I say do this, they do that. I'm also one who has been told to do this and do that. You know, like the proverbial we. Yes, we can do that. We know what it's like. Let's just do, uh, let's do an, another one here, and then I'll get ready to bring it in. Matthew 8, and I'm just basically the same story. Matthew 8, starting in verse 5, and again, this is King James. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, it came unto him a centurion, beseeching him, saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said to them, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou should come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers unto me, and I say to this man, Go, and he goeth, and to another come, and he cometh, and to my servant do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled, and he said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and the west and shall sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into darkness and there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said to the centurion, Go thy way, and as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in that selfsame hour. So neither the centurion was there, nor was Jesus when the servant was healed. So it's not about time, and it's not about distance. It's about, do we believe God can and God will, and or God has? Wow. I got more. <laughs> it's like, what is, it, God is so good. 
And I, and I, I can't overemphasize that again. Like I said, it's like preaching to the converted, right? Like it's, it, it, but, but, you know, my heart aches for those that are going through stuff, right? When we know that is not God's best for us. And I would love to be able to stand here and say, you know, do this and it will be fine. All I can do is, is share the word. And the word says that by faith it is done. And how does faith come? It comes by hearing the word. We read the word, we hear the word, and we need to speak the word. Now, I know that we were a confession church, right? So we're used to the idea of confessing, and we're used to professing, and we're used to declaring, and we're used to, you know, doing our declarations. But it's not just about saying it. It's not just about reading it. You know, a parrot can, can, can quote scripture. A robot can quote scripture. Heck, my laptop can read to me the scripture. But that's not making life changing to it or to the parrot or to those of us that are, dare I say, going through the motions. Now we can go through the motions and we can do it with the most sincere heart. And I'm not, I'm not disparaging that either. I'm just saying that the, there's something, there's something that there, there's got to be something, because it's not God that's holding us back. And I know that the enemy is real, and I know he doesn't want us to find out what this is. He doesn't want us to know or truly appreciate the power that we have, especially over him and the works of him, because we know his purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. So anything that is not bringing joy or happiness or health, or healing, well, I can tell you where it's coming from. And he can go straight back to hell, and he can stay there. And if he's not there yet, he's going to go real soon. He belongs in the dry and desolate place where no living thing is. And that's where I'm going to keep sending him. He's under my foot, and I'm going to crunch him in all I can. But it's a process. Just like, you know, you, you had a breath a minute ago. If you don't take a breath, breath now, you're going to die. Your heart beat for the last hour. But if it stops now, she's over. Right? So we got to keep on keeping on. It's an ongoing process. Don't lose heart. Don't lose faith. Don't be deceived by the word of the world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by the washing of the word. Be encouraged. It wasn't too hard, was it? <laughs> I don't want it to be, I don't want it to be, I don't want it to be condemning, right? I want it to be encouraging. You know, our God is a good God. Yeah. We don't have to see life most miserable, you know, like it's just not the way it's supposed to be. It's not a question of how sour you can look to be holy. I mean, I, I, you know, I remember there's, you know, I was taught there's a way you're supposed to walk into church holding your Bible. There's a way you're supposed to dress. You know, there's a way you're supposed to talk. 
when you pray, our Father. No. 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 Teachings of man. It's not in here. Let's stick to the word. Stick to the truth. Be blessed as you go in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.